a meanie. How'd you get him to do what you wanted? Oh, that was simple. I just gave him the look. It works every time. It even worked through glass? Oh, yeah. See, the look is something I developed when I was a kid. I had somewhat of a reputation, you know? Surprise, surprise. I don't want everybody stepping to me, so I give them the look, which told them, back off. That's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Hello, listening people. Hello. Hi, Bartek. How are you? Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know. Uh, Will is here as well, and I'm going to ask him how he's doing. We are joined for this episode by our good friend, recurring guest, semi-co-host. Uh, well, it is everybody's favourite guy. It's Will, the, the inventor of the semicolon himself. Uh, Worldwide Will is here in the room with us. Hello, Will. How are you? Oh, hello. I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I, I didn't think I'd be coming in this early. I'm, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm mixing good. it up. I'm mixing it up because I'm feeling good too, everybody. Yeah. And, Thanks for asking. And Will, what's the name of the podcast? Yeah, what's the name of the pod? Why do we call it this? Go on. Uh, it's Spit and Polish because you're always spitting and mm-hmm. you're both Polish. And you're not. No. That's no. why we, we have Will on because he's not Polish. Uh, right. What are you? I do spit a bit. Mm-hmm. What What are you? Oh, my grandparents are all from Britain, pretty much. They're all from Britain. Scotland. Ah, Scotland. Ireland. Scotland and England, you know. Ah, uh, Ireland, as Bartek said infamously <laughs> years ago, and that's a reference that I get out of the three of us, probably, because I don't think Will was there for that. Northern Ireland, probably. Well, all of the new listening people, mm. you know, I'm enlightening them to the real truth. Well, I'm going to enlighten them to a truth as well. This is called Pictures Powwow because Bartek came up with a really good name. We had to use it. And so that is why it's called Pictures Powwow. And we talk about movies that come recommended. We go in an order. Bartek recommends a movie. Then I recommend a movie. And then you, the listening people, recommend a film. That's how we go. And we are up to the listening people's recommendation, the listening people's choice and we got a comment a little while ago on our youtube commending us for covering uh the wonderful films that we do and they asked could we please at one point do are we done yet and are we there yet that's specifically the order that they asked which is the opposite (laughs) of how they are released and the continuity so we actually skipped to the second choice that he asked lance asked okay the first film the first film (laughs) uh starring ice cube himself uh neil long and uh kids as and the guy from small soldiers which guy from Small Soldiers? There's a lot of guys. The, in there's Small a lot Soldiers. of guys the in guy, this movie. It was the guy that came that made the Commando Elite. But who was he in this? Uh, the token white friend. Oh yes, yes, the guy who infamously oh, in real okay. life does Christopher Walken impressions. That's what he does. That's his stand-up a lot. Is hey yo, and he did a little bit of it here. I thought you were going to say that it has uh, the guy from Dukes of Hazard, the sheriff who was the trucker in this movie. Oh, mm. We'll he... get to the list of people who are in this movie that were in other movies we've covered on the podcast. Oh, is this, is this, this a... is a lot. This is this is almost a culmination of our entire podcast. I was going to say, is this a retread of uh, Racing Stripes, where mm-hmm. we had Will on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will? A nexus. It's a nexus. It's a nexus point. Uh, Nia Long, as well, was in Big Mama's House. We'll get there. We'll oh, get there. Geez. She was a love interest in Big Mama's House. Unlike this film. Uh, unlike this film, where she is an interest. 
but uh, we are talking about Are We There Yet? An Ice Cube PG-rated comedy film for the family. From the year 2,005. Yeah, and so if people have not seen this movie, as well as you know the sequel, I may give a little way about the sequel, uh, block your ears and hum real loud until the episode is over. And Keep if, it on, though. If it's in the middle of the At night. max volume. If, you're in the, if it's the middle of the night, you need to make up for all the silence, so scream. Scream really loud. Scream our names. Scream our names. Bartek, the guy whose name sounds like how it's Well, no, down. hold on. If, you, if you're going to scream my name, please go with my actual first name, Bartuomier. Please, <laughs> please do that. And my um, last name, which I'll say, Kasp Shishak. And middle name, Piotr. Piotr, yes. There you go. So Bartomie Piotr Kasp Shishak. dive into this. I think we all have a history and connection in some way with these films. I'm going to go first because I'm already talking and that's how it works. I've got the microphone here. I've never seen this movie. Are we there yet? I have seen the sequel, Are We Done Yet? When in high school, the teacher ran out of lesson, so they just put on a movie. Mm. So I saw the first 40 minutes of the sequel, and I described that sequel as a fever dream. It was completely maddening because it comes across almost as a normal movie, a normal family studio comedy movie, but it's very cheap, and it's really surreal in points, but not enough to make me understand that it was a surrealist comedy, absurdist, Secret Life of Walter Mitty type deal in which the daydreams are always present. And and it's not like uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where that film had really abstract and surreal moments, but they were spread throughout the movie and introduced early on and were consistent so you could understand. This was the poor man's version of that in which there's these weird elements there's this question of if one of the main characters is even real in that movie. And it was one of the craziest things I ever saw in my life when I, at that point, because there is this weird element of this is a normal kids movie, but it's weirdly inappropriate and mature and ice cubes in it. And it's also too dumb for me as a kid and too low. So there was this thing. And then I found out, ages later that there was a that that was a sequel to a previous movie called are we done are we are we there, there yet yeah. fuck these movie titles are we done yet is the one i saw are we there yet is the one i've seen today for the first ever time uh and i knew it existed because there were trailers for it i i and i thought oh okay it's a family comedy movie a road trip movie like a vacation uh, uh movie with chevy chase okay that's the film and when I walked in today, having seen the other film in part, I walked in today to watch this movie and here was my expectations that were completely destroyed. I thought Ice Cube was the dad of this family and they were simply trying to go cross country and shenanigans happen along the way. Like RV with Robin Williams. Do you remember that film? called RV. It was Runaway Vacation with Robin Williams and he was the father of Josh, Josh Hutchinson and he was in a massive RV. That was a movie. There was I, lots of these at that time. I'm genuinely not sure if I've seen that Robin Williams film. Well, I'm sorry. I may or may not. There's a great moment where he he uh, he has to empty out the RV's poop and he puts the tube in the thing but it makes it spray like a fountain everywhere and you see him look up and you see in the air all of the shit falling down and Robin Williams slowly accepting his fate because he can't escape. 
there was a lot of these movies. So I genuinely thought this was a family movie in which they had to travel across the country and shenanigans ensue. Little did I know that that wasn't the case at all. He's the player and these kids are vindictive, cruel little monsters that don't want their mama dating anybody. So that is my history and relationship with this. I didn't expect, honestly, for the first movie to be as weirdly uncanny and abstract and absurdist and surreal (laughs) as the sequel was. But if anything, good on them for keeping up the weird tonal juggling act. Bartek, what about you? Um, So I'm the... Not the full opposite, but in the sense that I've seen this film, but I've never seen Are We Done Yet? Um, I don't remember the exact context where I saw it. I know it was definitely school-related. I think it might have been school camp. Mm. Um, And I feel like it might have been primary school, which is interesting because this is a 2005 film, Mm. and my last year of primary school, as with you guys, was probably 2005, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... Either I might have seen it in year seven camp or maybe just like in the year six camp. Wherever it was, it was definitely at a school camp thing. So obviously we weren't, you know, restricted by period times for lessons. Yeah. Um, And the only thing I really remember is me walking into the film, seeing the title, Are We There Yet? And thinking, oh, the title drop is going to be a big, big running joke. No. And walking out of it, remembering, like, it only happened once. And, you know, mm-hmm. rewatching it last night, I was like, is it going to happen more than once? And no, literally just the once. And it was kind of off the cuff. Yeah. Like, there was a different joke happening when it was said. Yeah, it wasn't really that much of a focal point. It makes you wonder if the title came after Yeah. the movie. They were just looking for one quote and they didn't go with listing a bunch of anime. Yeah, like if this movie's original title was Ice Cube's Big Day Out, <laughs> in which he never looks up. That, that was that was a shock. Like at the end where it's like, you know, you've had a, it's only your first day. I'm like, oh, this felt like a lot longer than a day. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Will, what about you? What's your history with this Ice Cube classic? I do have a history with this movie. When you said it's like, oh, this is this is the people's choice. This is the one we're doing. I looked it up on Wikipedia, and I'm like staring at the poster, like, have I seen this? And I like went to bed that evening. It's like I I don't know if I've seen this movie or not. And I'm thinking of this movie. I'm like, okay, I've seen the one. I have seen the one where Ice Cube is like going across country with the um with the woman he wants to date's kids and everything, and it gets all zany and things. And I'm like, I thought that was called something else. <laughs> I don't know what I thought it was called, but I'm like, I don't think that was called Are We Done Yet? So I, Are we there yet? Yeah. Are we there yet? I haven't seen Are We Done Yet. And uh, I, I was really hoping we, Will would be the hybrid. No. I think we saw we saw this at the cinemas, my family and I. We didn't go to the cinemas to, specifically to see this. Rather, we just went. And it was and we, Yeah, we saw what was ever on. And it ended up being this. And my dad vaguely remembers this movie because when I had it on, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Doesn't Ice Cube fight a camel in this movie? (laughs) In Canada, yes. Uh... (laughs) And I mean, that, I mean, close-ish in a Quadruped, quadruped. You know, we got a, we got a, a hoofed animal, you know. Yeah, we do have a hoofed being here. One of the things I wanted to ask is Bartek and I have done so many of these movies over the years on the pod. 
And rarely, if ever, have we seen what we would... This would be called an unappreciated... This would have been I was an literally... That was going to be the next thing I was going to say. In which it's that type of kids movie where it's ragged and rough around the edges, but there's a lovable quality to it yep. for people who obviously grew up with it. But many of the times, Bartek and I never saw these in the cinema. Mm. Really? Really? I never saw Big Fat Liar or Thunderpants in the cinema. Those were always on TV or video. Or they got whacked or, on or during school, a school yeah. vacation, like school trip, or, or like when a they friend's, ran out of lesson. friend's birthday party. Friend, yeah, yeah. Your friend is constantly like, come on, guys, let's watch Catch, catch That, that Kid. kid. <laughs> uh, but rarely have I, if ever, seen any of these. And Rocky and Bullwinkle was the one I saw in the cinema. We all know how I felt about that one <laughs> as a kid. I, I, as a little child, demanded that we left because I thought the quality <laughs> was too low. So, what was it like? Like, do you have any real strong memories of sitting there in the cinema with your popcorn and your Maltesers, sitting there to watch Ice Cube become Family Man Ice Cube? I I mean, I want to say it's like, oh, yeah, I can just picture this so vividly, but it's like, I really can't, beyond the fact that we did see it in cinemas. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, the vaguest memories of, like, oh, yeah, we saw this movie. I couldn't remember what it was called. Mm. Yeah, we saw this movie in the pictures... We did. We didn't Apparently. go. We didn't go there for it. It just happened to be on. <laughs> and you mentioned Bartek. You mentioned this film was two thousand five. I believe so. Yeah, that feels more right because I remember seeing on Wikipedia it says two thousand six. I'm like, that feels a year too late. <laughs> I feel like this was two thousand five. I I love that it feels too late, as if it was there to help win a military conflict <laughs> oh yeah like, no oh, it arrived too late guys ice cube and his merry band of fools <laughs> arrived a bit too late uh so gentlemen what was it like to uh for you guys revisit the film after all these years because this was my first time and i gave you a brief overview of it was the mad dream that the sequel was which was Again, truly shocking. Mm. Truly, truly shocking. I I was also shocked to see how low rated this movie is. 4.7. Yeah. I I saw lower than that. uh, Oh, on IMDb, I thought it was 4.7. The sequel was 4.2. One of the Wikipedia reception things seemed to be around like the three mark. Wowzers. Uh, So what was it like for you, Bartek, revisiting? Well, speaking of you, and I really like to... Um, you. you obviously made your feelings about or, or memories of the sequel known. You kept talking about it. There was a fever during. There was just weird things going on, <laughs> and I didn't remember this film, you know, all that well. Again, I remember the one line drop and the general premise of like a uh, guy is driving two kids somewhere. Their mum is not present, and they he, and they get. They annoy him. That bit was a shock to me that the mum wasn't in the movie, really. She's, like, in it for maybe four minutes. Yeah, I, I think I remember that it was, like, a favour for her. Three of but, them um, are in slow motion, by the way. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but um, as soon as a single fever-dreamy thing happened, I'm like, oh, Ryan's going to be pleasantly surprised by this. And I started to think about, like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Oh, that's interesting. Like, the very casual nature they introduced Satch, the bobblehead. <laughs> It was like, oh, Ryan's going to love this. <laughs> My favourite Fever Dream things much later on. We'll get to that later. I mean, but... I was immediately thrown off by the beginning where it felt as if this was a Home Alone ripoff, where the kids have made these elaborate traps yeah. to... Outdoors, even. Yeah, yeah. And and then he looks up the, new, the, the potential love interest, and it looks like bowling balls are going to fall on him, but they're, in fact, water balloons. 
filled mm-hmm. with cream, mm. and it looked like he was being pelted with cum. <laughs> See, I was <laughs> until he was in pure white. See, I was and then thinking scrambling off of Santa on him, screaming in pain. Brian, that is disgusting. I was thinking of something much more sensitive that he was getting whitewashed. He, well, he got white faced in the scene. It was true, but no, no, that was one of the first things where, oh, okay, so this is the film. I thought this was a road trip movie, but I guess this is the film where he's going to be a potential love interest. Well, in and road then the kids get him, and I thought because they set up the house in these elaborate traps, I thought this was going to be a Home Alone ripoff. To be, I just throw okay, that, my expectations out yeah. the window, and then I got reintroduced to them, and I'm like, oh. Oh, but uh, as you were saying, that it did have those little surreal things that you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. With what you Ryan was... <laughs> brought up some points last week that are actually coming to fruition for this one. Interesting. Yep, and then it'll fuel our discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, with road trip films, you always have to justify why they're happening, but I can definitely see, like, you've set up this elaborate uh, Rube Goldberg machine type trap, mm-hmm. so you might expect that. Not really that easy to do on a road trip. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't build another they, they do have. Trip. They do have a lot of, like, setup mm-hmm. things, like, hey, Pretend you're gonna, you know, die, and yeah. then we'll but trick not, him. Not like mechanically complicated. Yeah. Well, traps. that's what the car should have been. They set up this elaborate car. I mean, the film also threw me off for a loop when the first five minutes was Ice Cube being like, "Whoa, man, this car brought to you by this company." And there's the glory <laughs> shots of the logo, and it looks like an ad. That was surreal. And you can play GameCube in the back. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were going to set up way more with the car having elaborate things in it. Even, again, to evoke it, planes, trains, and automobiles did that with the, with his, their car, where the seatbelt didn't work, and he got his hand, like his, his cuff caught on the thing, and then he couldn't drive. There was elaborate things within the car. Same with uh, Griswold's, with the uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, in which he had a goofy car that had like the wood paneling, and he didn't even know where to fill up the pet. Troll. There was a lot of more stuff with the car, but this yes, I guess it was, they it was couldn't a, do that because this is a real car that you could buy for sale yeah, and they want you to buy it, so they can't make the car look dangerous or too goofy. And you know what? Building on that, like I'm not a huge car guy or anything like that, but as But the, after watching Mad Max last week, you are. <laughs> yes, specifically the first one. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I'm not a huge car guy, so obviously I'm not looking at this car being like, oh wow, that's my wet dream right there. Um <laughs> In that exact voice, Ryan, of course. Um, But the fact that it did get damaged over the course of the film with all this emotional investment that Ice Cube gave it, there was this kind of somewhat cringe comedy, somewhat like, you know, gut feeling of like, oh man, that car is really getting destroyed. He put a lot Mm. of investment in this thing and it is just looking like absolute shit. By the end. And I'm sure that's what the people who make the car wanted. Yeah. For it to look like absolute shit. It's like, you better look after it or else this is what's going to happen to it. Cut to the explosion. Basic setup and payoff there. Yeah. Will, saw in the cinema, haven't seen it since, it sounds like. So this is your first revisit in almost 20 years. Feel old yet? Uh, How was it? This film, yeah, this film is only like, what, four years away from being 20 20 years old? (laughs) Mm. Oh, that's too. Much. Um. So, yeah, I 17. felt watching this. This felt very surreal to me, but I'm not so sure if it was the film itself mm. or more the state I was kind of in. Mm. Because it's like I'll, I'll set it up. We've been super busy at work, so it was like a long day. We stayed back a bit late. Then I watched the Saints Magpies game and just had to watch St Kilda cook it. And that, like, just drained the life out of me. For, for everyone that doesn't know, he's talking about Australian football. Called AFL. 
you know, that's a sport that exists. That's the only one I even yeah, remotely we, care we actually about. We call it football and we actually kick it. The footy. Anyway, um, yeah, no, so we just watched that. It's about like half past ten. I have I chuck on the movie and I'm like feeling very tired and it like comes on and I'm like, I'm not sure if this film's actually happening or if this is I'm dreaming some of this. Like you know that That's bit- how I felt I watched this at like seven o'clock or however late it was at night. I felt like am I dreaming? Am I, I in a dream? I didn't have the am I a dream thing, but I also did have a context, so I like five minutes into your viewing, Ryan, you messaged me and I told you, yeah, I'm about to watch it. And unintentionally, I got turned into a liar because I watched it on Stan. The oh, Australian, your favorite streaming service. Which mm-hmm. the first time I used Stan, you know, wasn't impressed. But every other time it's been all right. But this time I, I discovered that because it was my brother's account and he shares it with other people, there is a maximum amount of people who can simultaneously yeah, yes. watch it. That's how they work. And you had to wait for, for somebody to for log mo- off. Literally for most of the evening. I didn't start watching the film until just before midnight. Wowzers. Damn. Just my brother's friends, they were watching something. I thought I got into it a bit late, but it's like, you know. Pull the big brother card, knock on your brother's door if he's there, and say, (laughs) Oi, oi, Oscar, your friends are using the Stan account. I want to have a go. Do you want to know what I actually told him? And then you pull on your brother's shirt, tail, and go, please, please let me have a go. Actually, I need to watch. Are we there yet? No, no, no. What I actually told him was something more in between those two extremes. It was, hey, Oscar, tell your friends that your brother, my brother wants Ice Cube and do not elaborate. And then one of the friends just nods and goes, sounds like he wants to watch Are We Done Yet? And the other one argues, no, it's Are We There Yet? Yeah, Are We Done Yet's not on stand. And then they start fighting each other and turn into one of those cartoon balls of dust that just has arms punching out of the debris. And one of the fists accidentally presses the button to turn off stand, and I'm happy. Uh, Oh, that's so good. Yeah, but you were saying, well, you're watching in this context of like you're tired and sleepy and you've had a big day. I watched this after just having dinner. I was pumped and I felt as if I had entered some kind of dreamlike state because he writes a line, doesn't it? Where it looks like and acts like so many of these other movies. The Munez era. The Munez era. The golden age of cinema. But then there'll be a CGI talking bobblehead voiced by Tracy Morgan that only he can see. Like it only interacts with him, which is a trivia point for some reason. Uh, to explain it to the dummies. To the dummies. And then it will be Ice Cube's... I don't know what his performance is in this, because he will be playing it like normal, like a normal actor would, where it's like, I'm a grump, but deep down I'm a good man. But at the beginning, and there are some points where he's doing these rictus grins and these ab- abnormal kind of vocal tics and... Like, when he's walking up to Neil Long the first time, when he sees her in slow motion, his performance there is from another film. From a completely different film. It's because at that point, we know that this is like a rich bachelor type who's, you know, really Mm -hmm. confident. But then when he sees a woman, he turns into a romantic. That's not how I describe. And he doesn't eat vegetables. Uh, that was that was a trivia point that he would like to bring up too. He doesn't eat vegetables or fruits; only whatever has a price. And I'm like, oh, they have prices. Oh, with a price tag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have price tags. Expiration dates. Expiration dates. Yeah, I mean, some, some you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I, okay. This movie's a lot. It's a lot of stuff going on. We've got a reunion tour of people 
So mm. we've had Ice Cube on for Friday After Next. Yeah, this film reunited Ice Cube. Nia Long is in the movie. She was in Big Mama's house as the love interest. We have uh, uh, the 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 trucker guy was in the Dukes of Hazard movie mm-hmm. as uh, as the sheriff. Yep, I already mentioned Jay Moore from uh, uh, Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers, and uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a plethora of of people, and there are people we we haven't seen before. Nichelle Nichols, Uhura herself from Star Trek's in this movie as the horny. Nanny, uh, nanny? Yeah. and I, I for the whole scene I was looking at it because she has this terrible wig on. Mm-hmm. I was looking at it going, is that Nichelle Nichols? That can't be Nichelle mm-hmm. Nichols. Why would she be here? She does. Why is she here? Is she only going to be in this scene? See, I had no idea who that was. So in the credits, where it's like, and Nichelle Nichols as uh, she has a very whatever. recognizable voice. Uh, and so I was, I, but I was dumbfounded. Like, Nichelle Nichols, why are you here? And your fan will of the X Files. Right, you've mm-hmm. watched it. I have. Would you be happy to know that the clown pharmacist guy was Deep Throat from from X Files? Oh, thank God you placed that, Ryan, because I'm like watching the scene with the clown <laughs> pharmacist. I'm like, oh, where have I seen this guy before? It's driving me up the wall, but I'm also tired, so I'm not gonna check. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a whole cavalcade of. Tracy Morgan as well. We mm-hmm. had here. We've had, I, I cop mean, out, cop out, and I can't remember if we've had him for anything else, but it feels like we've had him for other things. He's he's a prolific actor in his own right, and of course we have the director, who we all love, uh, Brian Levant, if mm-hmm. that's how I pronounce it. He did Jingle All the Way, and Snow Dogs. Yes. I got some Snow Dogs vibes from this. I got some Jingle All the Way vibes. Some as well, yeah. Uh, but then the music guy, the composer, who was... The music's also a, th- a main player in this film. You would say that the music is one of the main characters because it's so prevalent in the movie. I saw the name David Newman, and that struck a chord. You were like, Newman? Newman. Newman. He has done pretty much the score for all of the films we've ever watched on this podcast. <laughs> I had a look at his Wikipedia page, <clears throat> yeah. Coneheads, Jingle All The Way, Bedazzled, 102 Dalmatians, Ice Age, both Scooby-Doo movies, Duplex, Man of the House, Are We There Yet? These are the movies. I think I missed Man of the House when I was looking mm-hmm. over that. That's Man just of one the more. House. And uh, he has done, no joke, legitimately great scores to movie. He did Galaxy Quest, he did Heathers, he did the Bill and Ted movies. Yeah, you mentioned- Critters was his first score, and I fucking love <laughs> the movie Critters and its score. He has done so much stuff. It's it's ludicrous. He, yeah. he does me- good stuff and bad stuff, legitimate dramas and comedy films for children. He He's a workman, dire- yeah. he's a workman composer. And in that list, you did mention Jingle All The Way, which had mm-hmm. the same director. And I noticed yes. on the list- he worked with that director a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a real, like, in-his-element kind of film, it, I imagine. They're collaborators. Assume, assume, I don't know how much composers work with directors, but... I mean, John Williams works with, uh, you know, a few directors a lot. They they, they are, they are the, they, have, they have those. Hmm. And so if it, we're going to go well, there yeah. and meet Dave rules in which the director of that movie couldn't make the film without one fat guy in it, and remember that trivia point where in Meet Dave... There's like this one fat guy in the movie and he's like his good luck charm. He's like, I have him in every movie. He's my good luck charm. And I'm like, what? I I forgot that. But to be fair, that was episode eight and we're on 300 and something right now. No, that's not fair. Get out. I know. We kicked out. We quote things from the first few episodes. Worldwide Will is going to replace you now. It's Wet Wild Will. No, I've changed it. That's fine. He's evolved. It's 2022. Things change. Well, he's, yeah. 
he agrees. How is it 2022? <laughs> hey, wait, till, wait till next year. It's going to be 2023. Yeah, and currently David Newman just did the score to West Side Story, which is like an Oscar-nominated movie. I noticed, yeah. Throw Mama from the Train, another great movie. He just goes on and on. We could just do a whole episode about his his scores to things where he'll do absolute trash, like a movie called Behaving Badly, which gets a 4.4, and it stars Selena Gomez. But then he also will do the score to Big Mama's House, uh, Big Mama's like father, like son, which is <laughs> which is what you want, what you want. But also, he just does lots of Scooby Doo movies for some reason. I guess that's his jam. But back to the feature film. What was a weird moment for you? Because that's what this movie is. It's it's a series of weird decisions <laughs> my, made, my... weird gags, and weird actors. Well, as as much as I hate to jump right to the climax of my laughter, um, my <laughs> biggest knee slapper was definitely at the uh, um, the 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 party, the birthday party, whatever it with was, with the clown pharmacist, with the clown pharmacist, <laughs> the, clown the bully who took the little <laughs> boy's cake. <laughs> that was the that was the fever dream moment for me. Like I'd, I'd gotten used to Satch at this point. You know, Satch was normal to me yes. as he was to Ice Cube. Uh, but when the bully took the cake, it was just so much unsubtle. You're playing a bully character. Again, we mentioned mm-hmm. Munez era. That was a big trope of that era that we loved, mm-hmm. the bully character. And it just didn't make sense in Big Fat Liar. <laughs> yeah, because he changed character. Um, you know, it started off with, you know, I want cake, but I want yours specifically. And then he would just, like, laugh as he's eating it. And I don't even remember if this was what happened or not, but I feel like the camera was going all wobbly. I don't know. It, it did I feel like, a bit. I feel like he laughed for, like, quite a while as well. Yeah, while we cut it, to the it, other kid. It, it, it went on up, for a bit. Mustering up his Ice Cube impression. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing the payoff to the thing I just learned. That's why the scene's weird. There's two reasons. Other than what you're saying, like the acting's ludicrous, but Lee great, yes, not the rapper, but the phrase, um, <laughs> ludicrous. But uh, star of a Halloween movie, ludicrous. But uh, there's two things: it's the setups. We just got set up the scene before out of nowhere. We're like the movie's nearly out of time, and they set up this thing about Ice Cube does this expression that gets him things. Yet he's never used it in the movie until now. <laughs> and then the next scene, it has the payoff of the kid using it. So there's this disingenuous nature to the setup and payoff rules because you set things up earlier and then pay them off later. This is we did it right now. Bam, bam. And then the second thing that is very weird is the same, which is the kid reveals that he's bullied by other children, which is not anything we know until that exact scene. And then the exact scene we get told that a bully who doesn't even know this kid proceeds to bully him. Now, I would be less um, aggravated by this if this was somehow the bully that bullies him and he's now having an arc but it is this contrivance of the the script. And that's why it's also funny in your brain because the movie's treating you like a real dummy. Uh, And that's what I love about the humor of the movie is it tries to have its cake, haha, and eat it too. I got the biggest laugh out of whenever the movie would play the serious music and the Ice Cube would have to act all dramatic (laughs) and be, I'm sorry, kids, you have to see that. I was abandoned myself because... They haven't set any of this up. It is very much 
the Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, in which Garth Marenghi's just shot his best friend who's resurrected from the grave with a shotgun, and then Dean Learn is in the background going, Garth Marenghi was, he was right the entire time. I'm going to walk over and tell him that. Then he walks over, puts his hand on his shoulder, the music plays dramatic music, and in the Richard Awadi voice he goes, Garth, you were right the entire time, and the music's swelling like this is really important, but it's all it's all a farce. That was where my laughs came from, for the most part. Like It would throw me off with CGI talking... Tracy Morgan saying gross things or a, a deer and, and, and fire and screaming and a random musical number. That was crazy. <laughs> In the same scene, yeah. But what really made me laugh about the movie was how it how overtly it was trying to play the audiences and the children's emotional points by going silly, 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 dramatic, 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 silly, silly, silly. And it was so paper thin of what they were doing there what about you will what were some uh, kind of standout funny moments or weird moments or strange moments that you want to talk about oh you know i'm in like i'm in such a i'm in such a bizarre state where i'm like i'm watching the movie but i'm a bit i'm a bit I, I, i'm not sure what the term to use maybe stupefied a bit like i'm sort of i'm two minds watching mm. the movie and remember in the bit where they're doing the the home alone uh, rue goldberg machine where it's like they're like um yeah, I, I also interpreted the the great big um, water balloons full of uh, custard or whatever it was that fall on the gentleman. I, I I thought those as bowling balls, and like as I saw I as I, I saw too, them yeah. crash into the guy, like part of my brain watches the movie and sees what happens, but then another part of my brain like just sort of interjects is like. <laughs> Did that guy just? Get, did that guy just die? It's did like he just think, get repeatedly smashed think, in the face like, with it's like you balls th- and you die? Think it's, you think it's bowling balls, then it turns out to be milk, and then it cuts to like someone's drinking milk out of a glass, and it's like, <laughs> what, what is this like art movie? Did David Lynch come in and direct this movie? <laughs> there were we there were weird bits sort of throughout where my like brain interjected with stuff that wasn't really in the movie, but like just kind of put it in <laughs> because weirdly. this movie's fragmented. It wants you to explore your neurons. This is a movie where it wants you to remember that he's a single guy who's a player and rich and owns his own sporting goods store or whatever it is. But then he's also the guy who's, I'm not going to get friend zoned. And then somehow or other within two seconds, he is now driving. He's now taking care of the kids by himself. She's only met this guy twice. There's a lot of... The movie's moving so fast yeah, all- and jumping through so many hoops and expecting you to just fill in the blanks. You have what you're doing right here, and that's a micro version of that. Now, expand that to the macro with the entire movie, but the micro version is, oh, that looks like a bowling ball. Wait, no, it's just milk. Wait, what? Is he dead? No, he's fine. Oh, 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 talking CGI bobblehead. Oh, 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 and you just keep going through that throughout the entire movie, and then when you finish it, you step back, and the whole thing is this is this disjointed tapestry that's just had somebody pull at this one piece of yarn and it's all coming apart and 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 it, it, it's truly wild. I enjoyed it though. I enjoyed the mess mm, yeah. of and, it because we don't see enough of these movies yeah, anymore. Yeah, you mentioned like oh they met and two seconds later is driving the thing. Don't forget there was a montage of him like every day 
picking her up and taking her home. So uh, it indicates I, that time passed. I thought that montage was like, I think she mentions that it was only been like a couple weeks. I interpret that montage as been like months and months and months because mm. it's like, I remember it's like, oh, he takes it, the kids across yeah, because, country. She because, must have known him for months. Yeah, because right? to, to the filmmaking's credit, like it does look, a, they look a bit more familiar over time. Like he's starting to do mm. more like silly gestures. I like, oh, you're only, doing the thing. I think it's only been weeks. I think she says at the airport. I'm not, I'm not sure. There's also. I think it's only been weeks. And she also <laughs> indicates that like the, the grocery store, like, you know, this entire time you've never asked me once about my kids. You don't know their names. So it indicates like at this point you really should. How know long them. has it been? You should know a I lot about my know. kids at this point. Because the movie is so frantically paced and filled with so much inane detail and hijinks. I'm sitting here right now. And I can't tell you where he was taking them and why he had to take them. Why was she not with them? I know that there's reasons. Yeah. But because the film was so much in the attitude of just go with it. I actually can't sit here and tell you concretely why she was where she was. Why didn't she go with them? Blah, 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 blah. I can't go through that. I don't know why he was taking them to her when she was already there. Why didn't she just take them with her? I don't get... There's this thing of... I know the movie goes into it, and you're going to tell me. Yes. But the point I'm making is the film is so cuckoo and wants to do the plot, which is what if Ice Cube was in a car with two little kids? It wants to do that so badly. Fuck internal logic. But this isn't the type of movie, and it wants to be, but it isn't. The type of movie where its absurdity is so high that you don't have to apply the normal structure of writing to this. That's ba- all of that is basically what I was going to say. I was going to say that I know the answers are there and I could actually tell you which scenes explain all of them, but I do not remember the answers. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I think I could bullshit my way through the answers, but I might not even be correct. Like, I know that, like, the event was in Vancouver, which means they had to cross into another country. Yes, um, and the dad didn't want them and he made an excuse the last minute so it left her in a bind because she already had stuff organized because it's new year's this takes place around new year's in case you didn't know i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you what the event was i think she had to go i think she had to get that flight or she would get fired yeah yeah, there wasn't there wasn't time for her to go back and get the kids yeah when she said like i'm gonna lose my job that was like new information when that was said like we didn't Mm -hmm. connect the dots it was just Mm -hmm. given to us because we don't know anything about her other than she's a single mother and she's hot that's all the information i can give you on neil long's character is she is hot and she is a mum. we could she's no no sorry sorry a breeder yes that's right she's a breeder like brock um yeah, we, we we could we could make the connection that like okay, she needs to get there on time, and because you know it's last minute, you know we can't get everything together. But yeah, everything else after that is just very confusing. Can I tell you a fun thing? I never ding a movie for this or a show. I understand, and I rarely have ever noticed these things, and I rarely have ever bring them up on the pod. But I'm going to do it because it's really funny. The scene with the little boy vomits mm-hmm. on in the car. They have a cut where they cut to the external of the the car, the outer of the car, so we can see it hit the windshield and we get the point. There was too many frames in which I could see the boy had transformed into a puppet with its (laughs) jaw unhinged with a hose coming out of it. And I rewound it so that I could verify that's what I saw, and it was. I I let movies slide with that because it shows, because that's the nature of the beast. They're not actually... Boy, oh boy, did I notice it. And it took me out and made me laugh a lot where the little boy is all like, 
bright and animated with his glowing white teeth and his big smile. And he's like, oh, my tummy. And then he transforms into a Lovecraftian doll <laughs> with his jaw unhinged with a hose you, coming out of it. And it made me... <laughs> I have so much joy. You know it would have been 10 out of 10, like this film would be perfect, if they actually acknowledged that he turned into a puppet. Like, yeah, he turned into a puppet, then he vomited. (laughs) Again, I keep drawing the comparisons to planes, trains, and automobiles where there's a very similar scene in which the truck has the car and the sparks are coming off of the car and John Candy's now transformed into the devil laughing. (laughs) And Steve Martin like does the double take, whoa, and then it cuts to Steve Martin and he's now a skeleton. That movie's filled to the brim with that type of humour and knows how to balance it in which I wouldn't describe Planes, Trains as an absurdist Monty Python-esque comedy. It's still a normal John Hughesian studio film road trip movie, but it has those things. Like, my favourite gag is one of the absurd things, yeah. which is <laughs> Steve Martin recognising John Candy via putting a taxi door in front of John Candy and having John Candy reenact, but he's still sitting in the airport. <laughs> That's one of my favourite things. It's so specifically <laughs> yeah. stupid that it turns around to be brilliant again. This movie is trying... I don't know. Do you think it's actually trying to do that, or do you think that it was doing what its contemporaries of kids' movies were doing, which is being really absurd and wacky because it's a kids' movie. Because how many Munez-era movies have wacky things in them and you just have to go with it? I mean, that's Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar is just like one wacky thing on top of the other. I think maybe it was trying to go for some more absurdist things because, like, you mentioned before that there there was there's like barely any setup to things or things come out of nowhere. And to give the film maybe the slightest bit of credit, you could I guess backwards engineer some of that stuff. Like mm-hmm. when he was talking about like you know my father left too. You could look at like oh his bachelor life. You know he didn't have a father figure, so maybe that's what mm-hmm. led him to being this thing. Um, and the kid being bullied. The sister actually has a line that's like, he's asthmatic and he's in the accelerated mm-hmm. program. What do you think he is? So there, yeah. there is like minimal, similar to like the mum's whole context, like the explanations are there, but it's just delivered in a kind of weird way. You're a teacher. Oh yeah. I thought about that a lot while watching the film. Well, no, no. What you're going to say <laughs> is you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. And the kids can do the work and you can see that they've partially got the answer right. Doesn't mean that you give them the full tick. Yeah. That's how that that is though. Where oh I can see script writing that they've you know, they've covered their bases somewhat, but you're not gonna give them an A plus a hundred percent mark. It is I see you've put in a little bit of the work there, mm. but this isn't a passing mark. And that's how I describe it, in which there are explanations, there are things but they are so flaky <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that we have a hard time it, remembering it, it's, them. It's very much a where do I begin to explain this kind where of thing. Where <laughs> do I begin? Now, let's talk about the elephant in the room. It was a deer, actually. But... Ice cube. Ice cube. <laughs> I brought this up to my wife, and she laughed because it is a true statement. Why during our childhood, which was the late 90s, early 2000s, is when we had a lot of these movies, mm-hmm. were there so many children's and family movies with inappropriate actors as the leading people or, or prominent people? Because Ice Cube is not somebody you go, oh yeah. The fuck the, the police the, guy. The, the, the 10-year-olds and the 12-year-olds are all clamoring for the Ice Cube family comedy film. <laughs> 
We had so many. Paul Giamatti's another one. I always brought that up in Big Fat Liar, which it's so weird that well, you brought it up and shoot him up and yeah. shoot him up, and yeah. it's so weird that Paul Giamatti was in Big Fat Liar, and 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 there's so many that we've had on the show that's like that, in which what was that about when we grew up specifically? What do you think was going on there? And can we just kind of just then dive into the fact that rapper Ice Cube, who's Mr. Don't Fuck With Me, I'm a Bad Boy, did this movie? Can we just kind of dissect all of that? I mean, Bartek, we've done this, so we're the experts. What do you think about this particular era, the Munez era, our childhood, in which there were just a plethora of these actors that you wouldn't expect to be in these family movies and somehow they are yeah it's it's interesting i mean the one that immediately comes to my mind is also snoop dogg mm-hmm. um obviously both <laughs> ice cube and <laughs> and, and, and no it's just, it's just funny that we've heard a few rappers <laughs> tupac in uh nothing but trouble <laughs> yeah, that's true well in, in nothing but trouble though they they were playing themselves as the mm, band and they played fine. their music that's fine. but like you know ice cube you know fuck the police N.W.A., uh, Snoop Dogg, lots of weed references and hoes, like a lot of sex things. We've even made jokes in the past about how he's been in porn, but not as like the people doing the sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very adult-oriented people doing things that, you know, younger people, not necessarily kids, but often kids or teenagers uh, would watch. Uh, maybe it is just some sort of branching out thing, like mm-hmm. trying to appeal I know this term's usually used as disparagingly, lowest common denominator stuff, yeah. but expanding uh, the sort of audience base. And also, I guess in that era, like the 90s and 2000s, rappers were this sort of cool thing, like rap music. They mentioned 50 Cent in this movie. They did, And I yeah. nodded going, I remember 50 Cent. Yeah. Star of smash hit game, Blood in the Sand. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Where you guys do the Middle East. <laughs> Yeah, but, but, but like rap music, you he know. He had to is... get his skull, Ryan, the skull with the crystals on it. <laughs> Bitch took my skull was the line, thank you very much. <laughs> Wait, Yo, Fiddy jumped that big-ass ramp. Wait, who did steal the skull? Well, Terrorists? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was doing, he was doing a concert in the Middle East, <laughs> and then after the concert, this is the opening cutscene. I've after, seen it, yeah, I've played the game. And then after the concert, he goes to like the dealer who gives him the skull covered in jewels, and then like a militia steals it. And the voice of the militia... Militia, the like the head villain guy is uh, uh the original mad howling mad murdoch from the a team who mm-hmm. was also reg barclay in star trek so and he's doing a middle eastern accent even though he's he's a white american man. yes and please remember in this film after fidi sent is brought up and his music is played it's replaced by the hamster dance that felt very that i was like having an out-of-body experience what was crazy about that is you can tell they didn't know what music was playing as actors because they're all because <laughs> they're all bobbing in a different. It's it's that scene of Crispin Glover dancing in one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. You know the famous scene. It's Crispin Glover does this absurd dance. It's to like the fourth a, one or something. Yeah, yeah, but he did it to a different song, and then they played a different one in the movie, so he looks even crazier. <laughs> That's how I felt with this, where they were clearly listening. Ice Cube's like bobbing his head like, yeah, but it's not in time with the music and it doesn't sound, it doesn't look, and none of them look like they're reacting to that specific song. It was almost as if they had a different song and then they chucked that one in there because they, the actors wouldn't necessarily know that they're playing the, the hamster dancey song or whatever. But but as you were saying, they, they, there's yeah. this branching off point, but I, I wonder from a business point of view, let's... 
put aside them selling out their street cred or credibility from a business angle. I don't understand why a studio who's making children's entertainment think that Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, and Paul Giamatti, and all these like adult acting or these adult entertainers are going to be a real hit with the kids. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was trying to ruminate on before we went on the tangent. It's like. You know, rap. Obviously, you brought up Paul Giamatti there. I was talking specifically more about the rap. I know, I know. Um, you know, rap music not that old of a music genre. I think it started in like what the late seventies, mid eighties, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Um, and it had evolved a little bit. You know, between like there was some you know more common stuff like Vanilla Ice or whatever, mm-hmm. and you had like the gangster rap of the nineties, which really kind of took over. So there mm-hmm. is this sense of like, ooh, rap is cool. It's it's, it's yeah. counterculture-y. Um, and the people who do the rap music, you know, NWA, they're, they're all these kind of cool people. Um, from a business point of view, would it not make sense to try to show the kids, hey, he, these are what the cool people are, but you can't really, you know, have them swear or anything like that. So maybe... But then here's a difference too. This isn't during the height of him being rapper Ice Cube. This isn't NWA period anymore. And same with Snoop, where it's not as if they're faded musicians or stars but they are definitely past the era in which you would market that that's what tupac did tupac became an actor he was in things and they marketed and capitalized off his success and they'll put him in gangster films and so on and so forth i can understand the business model of seeing a successful person and putting them in a thing but still you market that towards the things that they're again tupac is a great example of they knew exactly what he was and how to market him and blah, blah, blah. But Ice Cube and Snoop and, 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 and other actors or musicians or entertainers, it's not just rap people. There are those points where the money's good. For these films, the work's easy and the money's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it comes down to. And I don't think the Hollywood business people care that it's Ice Cube necessarily. He's a name. That's enough. It doesn't matter if he's actually going to sell the seats for the kiddies. Here's a name. It will sell. Like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. How, for most of his career, he was a children's entertainer, basically, in movies. Which is absurd, because he was like a badass wrestler, man. What's The Rock cooking? You know, all of that. And now he's a megastar. And it's kind of funny to think that he was the tooth fairy. Mm-hmm. And same with Vin Diesel. Remember when Vin Diesel did the exact same thing, action star Vin Diesel, and he was in kids' movies, and Schwarzenegger too? There comes a point where these guys and girls, the money's really good. I was about to ask, which one did Schwarzenegger do that I remembered? Well, would you go all the way? What am I thinking? Yeah, and Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> well, that one was still a serious movie. It was just a- But it's a children's film. It, well, it was a film that played when I was a child and was marketed towards me. And then there's Junior. The marketing of that one's weird. It's like kids' Jun- film, Bartek. And Come on! I don't yeah. have to get it together. And there's Junior. It's not the tumor. Junior, mm-hmm. right? And uh, even Twins is... Nah, twins is a bit more dolly, but it was... Uh, families like Twins. I, I grew up with Twins. And so there comes a point where these people just go, fuck it. Yeah, sure. Stallone. You'll do voices in kids' movies now. Why not? Why not? Why not? So I don't begrudge them. It's just I, when I watch this, I can't help but think, why is this Ice Cube? Where did this come from? How did they manage to convince him to sell out in this manner? Because he's 
he's Ice Cube. He's a stone cold motherfucker. He is. He's a humorous man. You know, he's, he's grimacing. And I love the f- Friday after next, of course, where mm. he gets to ham it up and be cool. But it's not yeah. as if he's and Tracy he- Morgan. Where Tracy Morgan, it's not a shock that he's in this movie because Tracy Morgan's a comedic actor, so he'll be yeah. in anything. Ice Cube's intensity is also used well in the twenty one, twenty two Jump Street films. Yeah, yeah, and those are adult comedy films. And- For sure, yeah. I like Ice Cube. I've seen Ice Cube in a few things, and I like him. Uh, I'm not discrediting the man. And even here, his acting isn't terrible. I wouldn't say it's terrible. It's more, why are you in this movie is the prevailing thing that I kept thinking when watching it. I kept thinking, why isn't this Martin Lawrence? That's who this should have been, Martin Lawrence. That would make, more, that would make more sense. Yeah. That that would feel a little less. Sur- that would feel quite a little less surreal. Or even if you want to go for <laughs> quite a, a little, I don't know. Bigger. If you want to go for a bigger name, Will Smith, because Will Smith does this shit too. Will Smith does the family. I mean, Fresh Prince. I I get what you're saying, right? Because this was this was very 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 prevalent at the time, and I guess it still is. But it's like I understand why Ice Cube did it because the money. But it's like who was this casting for? <laughs> Because who, who, yeah. Because as I've said, who's this movie for? Because I saw the sequel as a kid and it felt too dumb for me and too lowbrow, but also weirdly too mature. And that's how this movie is too. It's weirdly inappropriate and mature and, 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 and just verges on being too adult. And then it's too babyish and it's, Oh, now the kid sings respect and Ice Cube says out loud in a kid's movie performance, she can sing? Yeah, great, great question. I didn't know she could yeah. sing either. Yeah. She could sing? I didn't <laughs> it, know this either. They it, feels, it, feels, it, it feels like an act one revelation that would lead into the plot of the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's start a band. You've let's, got the talent. Yeah, yeah, let's start a rap band. <laughs> <laughs> Join NWA. But but even... Like, you've, got, you've got with attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like you said, well, like... Who's the casting for? But then, who's the movie for? Because it's too kidsy and too adult at the same time. It rides that weird ground that we love so much in unappreciated masterpieces, in which, as a kid, I enjoyed these movies that were weirdly inappropriate. I was literally, I was literally about to say, the director or whoever is the main mastermind behind the film must have come from the future, being like, "Oh, those spin pause guys would love a film like this." They would, and, and they then did. just made it in the past. They they would and they did and I loved it. It was it was so crazy. Uh, any other points you want to touch upon this movie? Any things in particular? Any discussion points? Any actual scenes or moments? This is. God, it feels like we barely talked about it. This so is an far. extraordinarily like inane point. Like this is mm. this is extraordinarily. Inane. This is going to be my favorite part of the episode. Go. Um, the, the semicolon and, was actually invented. <laughs> you brought like this. This this occurred to me again when you mentioned um skeletons and bones and things. So like the bit where they're in the rain and Ice Cube does the jumper cables and he gets mm. electrocuted. It like my brain just expected like okay, he put the he'll put the cords in and it's home and he'll, alone yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, home alone too. Like flashes a skeleton for a brief bit, or there'll be like a cartoon. Skeleton effect, and it's like that doesn't happen. And my brain, no, the car force pushed him. Simply just didn't want to accept it. <laughs> it's like, nah, he should have gone. A, he should have been a skeleton for a bit there. Could you imagine if it was Sam Jackson in this movie <laughs> instead of Ice Cube? Oh, I want to. I want to see Sam Jackson at the uh, victim of children hijinks. Yes, <laughs> wouldn't you? I do. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah, not? it's called the prequels. 
<laughs> I want him. I want him to cry at his car being totaled. I mean, while Amish people on a boat. Are like, like, I forgot about that until right now. Sam Jackson got very upset with Eugene Levy and the Man when it came to his car hijinks. Uh, remember that movie, The Man? I remember the film. Yeah, are you talking about his character or the actor? Mm, the character. Okay, good. No, no. Actor Sam Jackson was very annoyed with actor Eugene Levy about the car situation. <laughs> we actually watched the man behind the scenes documentary instead of the film. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fair point though, Will. Like as 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 inane as it is, I get it. Like you wanted the movie to be way more cartoonally absurd than it is. It rides the line. It's too safe. That's his problem. Is it's too safe whilst also wanting to be more. I'm not saying that this is the dude wears my car of kids' movies, mm. but this needed to be more punchy than it is. And you have Ice Cube there, and his presence demands it to be more. I want him to be more surly. I want him to have more one-liners and zingers and snarky moments. I want him to do the, snar- uh, the mm. snarling look more throughout the movie. You wanted him to expand a bit more on all the anime he was talking about. That was a... I couldn't, I couldn't. That was another surreal one. Uh, hearing him say the words Pokemon and Digimon were. And Yu Gi Oh! No, the kid said Yu Gi Oh! I'm, yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry. He said, he said, I retract. He said other things. I can't remember if he said video game characters. I mean, he as said well. Buffy and maybe oh, yeah, Tomagotchi. He, <laughs> he said Buffy, which was obscure, which is crazy. I don't know why these little boys want Buffy merch. He should have had a whole rant about weebs. Uh, but anything from you, Bartek? Um, I mentioned before, like, I was thinking about me as a teacher a few times throughout the film, just at the, the kids arguing and Mm -hmm. their back and forths and him just wanting to not just like tell off one of them or find out who was in trouble, but just like everyone just stop, just stop. And just all those kind of situations you can find yourself in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Well, bickering back and forth. Yeah. I think that's all I've got for this one. I... I um, how keen are you guys to cover the sequel in the future? I'm pretty keen. Will, do you want to be guest on when you do it? Yeah, sure. Do you okay. Wanna, do you want to know what it's about, or can you guess? Well, you. Oh, Where would you logically take this? Well, I thought it's like oh, the well, you kind of like when you were describing the sequel before we started the podcast. It's like that would not be what I would expect. I would expect it's either it's an even longer road trip. Or it's an international trip. Right. That would be what I'd expect. But you said it's like, it's only in one location. So the sequel film is they're newly married and he decides, let's get out of the big city and move. And you've heard this plot before. It's a Green Acres plot. Let's go to the country and oh, wouldn't you know it? We have a shitty house and it has to be renovated and rebuilt and hijinks ensue from there and his next door neighbor is overly friendly and he's played by john c mcginley and he's basically his character from wild hogs where he's this weirdly ripped muscular super friendly and there's slight homoeroticism in the air i say slight in that because in wild hogs it was overt homoeroticism here it's slight because it's more kidsy mm-hmm. there's another one wild hogs who was that for where it's like that what one... kids are clamoring for William H. Macy, Tim Allen, John Travolta, and, and they got Martin Lawrence. Yeah, Martin I... Lawrence was the one that made sense there. I don't think that was a kid's film. No, it was. It was a Disney film marketed for families, and I saw it. Yeah, is I've that seen a family child. movie? I... It is. 
I can't remember it well enough. You know I, what kids love? Ray Liotta. I was about to say, like, the, the villain was, you know, biker gang leader Ray Liotta. Yeah, and, and Ray Liotta was in the B-movie as well, as himself. And he's also in Phineas and Ferb as himself. I don't know why Ray Liotta's in a lot of kids' media and kids are sitting around going, you know who I love? <laughs> fucking Goodfellas himself, Ray it's not be- It's not because of Goodfellas. It's because all the kids because were naughty. No, all the kids were naughty and they played Vice City. Oh, right. I said, I said Hannibal because that's a movie where Hannibal makes him eat his own brain. Was there yes. a movie called Hannibal mm-hmm. before 2007? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. I directed by Ridley Scott. Just want to put that out there. He directed a Hannibal movie and no one talked... I mean, that's the one where Gary Oldman is also in that movie as like a freaky creature called Mason Verger who's like cut off his own eyelids and he he wants to feed Hannibal to pigs. That's the whole entire premise. Kyle Gass was good in Wild Hogs. Yes, there you go. Uh, But I think that's all I've got for you guys. Uh, Would we recommend? I think you said it at the very beginning of the episode. It's an unappreciated masterpiece, and that's A-plus for us. It is A-plus. William? I have another weird moment, if you want it. I want to hear. But this one's even... This one's even... Like, this one really is nothing to do with the movie. This is like my brain turning into slush as the night goes on. We like you, so go. So we're in we're in Vancouver for the climax, and our antagonist is a trucker, and I feel Alex Jones's brain like reach out into mine and go, It's Illuminati predicted programming, the trucker protests twenty three years ago. Truckers set it all up. Truckers in Canada. I didn't think of that. Wow. And, and uh, the other trucker was funny. Yeah. He he kept cuz this is a character that was a character we'd never met before and he kept saying his first name like he was trying to make an uh, impact. Oh, Melvin cuz that's the actor's real name. Wasn't it Ernie? Irvin uh, something. Isn't it he, Ernest? He just Ernest. Ernest, yeah, Ernest or something. Yeah. yeah, Ernest that's the actor's real name. Yeah, he just he just kept saying his name like he's trying to make an impact and then his very last thing is him going like I'm sorry. It's almost like I'm sorry I wasn't better. Just... What a movie. It's a trip. Uh, a road trip, but so, also a trip. Bartek, you're recommending next episode's film of choice, am I not mistaken? You're correct, I am. Is it a foreign film this time, or it, did we do that already? Foreign uh, film this time. Yes, that's correct. Non-American made film, I should clarify. Yes, non-American. Because technically most films are foreign to us if we don't choose Australian Oh, the, the film that we just watched was foreign. Yeah, yes, so, yeah. it's true. My favourite foreign film starring foreign film actor Ice Cube. <laughs> um, I was saving this one for the future, but... That's now. Well, it's present now. But I guess next episode will be the future, so I guess I am still saving it for the future. Mm. But I was thinking more I was saving it for the distant future, but mm. due to a bunch of elements and a bunch of other elements, we I thought... We already did the fifth element. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the sixth element now. Okay. Um, uh, I think it's time to just get right in there because, well, you bought the DVD. Let's go with the last Satoshi Kon film, Paprika. Paprika. Well, mm. last one that I will have seen. We haven't done Millennium Actress. That's true. Yes, that, I meant it for you because you bought the DVD, so you're mm-hmm. like prepared to see it. So I'm like, let's give it to Ryan. Okay, Paprika. So people make sure to watch the subbed version of that film, of course. We will be doing it subtitled. That is the film that I do believe people say is one of the main inspiration points for Inception? 
I think it might yeah, be. I, I, hear that. I hear that quite a bit. It, it's got a lot of going into dreams. Dreams and dreams and And it dreams. was before Inception. I'm very yeah. happy with this selection because it has been sitting waiting to be watched for the pot at some point. I got it on Blu-ray and I'm very keen to give it a watch because I have enjoyed his films. have gotten better for me as the ones we've seen thus far. I, I, I like Tokyo Godfathers. I really like Millennium, Millennium Actress. I really love Perfect Blue. And mm. I've heard nothing but good things about Paprika. Yeah, Paprika's also... Oh, I'll I'll share it for the next episode, but uh, my brother-in-law reacted very strongly when I said Paprika on the, like, one day I'll watch Paprika. He reacted super strongly, and I can't wait to watch it and share that story okay, cool. next episode. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a bit of, yeah. uh, that's unfortunate. And also, you know, you've enjoyed his films, finally a sci-fi one, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that'll be interesting to watch. And then I'll have to watch the series that he made, Paranoia Agent, at mm-hmm. some point. And yes. then we can just end... Speaking of trips. Ooh. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Worldwide Will, for joining us. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. You but know, it's, uh, it's quicker to just say www www.will.com <laughs> forward slash Shit, I got, it dot mi- gov. I got it mixed up. World Wide Web is quicker to say than www. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Apologize. To who? To me. The listening people. Yeah, to them too. To, I with, with, the, the population at you, large. You take one at a time. Okay. <clears throat> I'm so sorry, Lance Jackson. I'm so sorry, Dr. Rochest. I'm so sorry... <laughs> I think there was a Dante mm-hmm. that recommended some films. Dante's Inferno. Um, I'm so sorry, Mum. I'm sorry, John Bampton from uh, Dirty Harry Minute. I'm so sorry, Alan from uh, Chats, a television podcast. <laughs> Double sorry to you because uh, before the episode, I accidentally called you Alex. That's okay. Um, You're, you call his co-host Magellan, even though his name's Magellan. So. Uh, Sorry to Maggie from Chatty. Uh, sorry to Alex from from Contrarians. Contrarians. Sorry to Julio. No, he from doesn't deserve a sorry. He has he he doesn't deserve it. I'm sorry, Julio. You, you your your apology has been retracted. We don't apologize to you. Yeah, Everyone else, that, everybody mm. else, including Will's parents, we apologize. He, to. he did. Yeah, he did give uh, Starskin such. Sasuke and Hutch. He gave Oscar... No, no, the other one. Uh, the lower rating. The other two names. <laughs> uh, Tango and Cash, half a star more than Oscar, so... Yeah, and yeah. he gave Movie 43 mm-hmm. too high of a rating. Can yep. never forget. Um, and since since you said that, you know, retract that one, so it's not apologizing to everyone, that those are the only ones I'm apologizing to. And, mm. of course, sorry to Ryan. Thank you. Even though I don't mean that one. I, I mean it when I said thank you, so... I'm the more gracious person. You are the big man in the room. Yes. I am the big man. You are the bigger man. I'm the man is, of the yes. house, starring Tommy Lee Jones, directed <laughs> by this guy. No, no, music by this I was about guy. to say, you know who did the music for that? This guy. This the guy. Newman. David Newman. Newman. Well, that is it. You can find us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter, Spit and Polish Presents. Email us at spitandpolished at gmail.com. You can hit us up on all of those and give us your recommendations for movies as well as just let us know your thoughts and opinions. You can rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use. Spotify gives the ability to give ratings now, of course. We should just mention that. It's been there for a little while, but uh, just thought we would plug that in case you're listening on there or whatever one. Please do. It is. Uh, it would be nice. Uh, as stated, Will, it's always great to have you here. And Bartek, it's still great to be back in the in the swing of doing the pod mm, again. Yeah. And I cannot wait to talk about Paprika next week. Remember, everybody, that Ice Cube, he has the look.
Mm-hmm. And it works like a Jedi move. All right. I'm going to. Real question Would Ice Cube be a Jedi or a Sith? It'd be racist if he was a Sith. Why? Because they have yellow eyes. Because they're on the dark side, Ryan. They got the face tattoos. That would be super racist. Bartek does this all the time where, where he, he, he says these and it makes him look really bad for me, at least. <laughs> he would be one of the other bullshit ones. He'd be a Knight of Ren or whatever. Whatever that was supposed <laughs> he, to be. Could he be one of the Jedi who swings their lightsaber around and uses it like a helicopter to go from place he, to place? He would be washing dishes <laughs> at... <be> a- <laughs> At Dexter Jetster's diner. <laughs> he could be a CGI recreation of himself where they use an AI generator of his voice from his music, though. <laughs> and he's a CGI creepy thing. And it's like, why? Ice Cube's never been in Star Wars. And then John Favreau clicks his fingers and says, because we can. And he, he goes, can, he fuck can the be- Senate. He can be the new clone army where it's just a bunch of ice cubes over and over again. And that's what the book of Boba Fett season two is about, is the new clones. And it makes him feel really insecure. And you get these both out of shape guys in body armor. <laughs> swinging swords at each other and shooting blasters. Oh... Yeah, what? Fuck it! I'm making that show. The Ice Cube. Ice Cube can be a. He can be a witch of Daphomir. That's what he can. Be. That wouldn't I be racist. Don't know what that is. He could be one of the um the the jizz singers. <laughs> <laughs> is, is is the is the jizz word like well known among people now? I don't care. I think I, I think, the, I think the jizz Star Wars stuff has gotten around now. I think the jizz is spread around. <laughs> For people that don't know, in the Star Wars Expanded Universe, no, jizz is a like, style of music or it's, something? It's jazz in their universe. It's space, okay. it's it's space, space jazz. jazz. <laughs> it's called jizz. <laughs> yeah. I actually did prepare a final line for the episode. Go on. Okay, <clears throat> this will be the final line. It is absolutely bullshit that he still calls himself Ice Cube when this film that we just watched showed us just how warm he really is. I actually like that. And the Oscar for writing goes to Bartek. <laughs> Beautiful. Put that on the cover. <laughs> <laughs>